episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can reach the show on our new Twitter handle, at Championship Pod. I'm your host today, Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter, at Louis Shackshaft, where I post regular Sheffield Wednesday statistics, as well as articles and blogs. And I am Benjamin Bloom, a podcaster for Ipswich Town. You can find me at Benjamin Bloom on Twitter and YouTube. And the podcast is the Blue Monday podcast. I'm Kevin Markey. I'm the editor of Leeds United Mad on Twitter, Leeds United underscore Mad. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Uh, we're just going to crack on and do a quick roundup of the uh, championship results from the weekend. Uh, so I'll start with, obviously, Friday night. Bolton had a 1-0 victory against Bristol City. Fantastic result for them. Uh, Aston Villa beat Burton Albion 3-2. Uh, again, all the threes. Uh, Derby County winning 3-0 against Brentford at home. Uh, Fulham beat Nottingham Forest 2-0. Uh, Leeds suffered a defeat 4-1 at home to Cardiff City. Uh, Norwich uh, City beat Middlesbrough 1-0. Uh, Preston, again, on a f- fine form at the minute. Another win, 2-1 at home to Hull City. Queen's Park Rangers beat Barnsley 1-0. Uh, Millwall, great result for them away at Reading, winning 2-0. Uh, disappointed from my point of view. Sheffield Wednesday suffering a home defeat, 3-1 at the hands of Birmingham City. Uh, Ipswich Town beating Sunderland away 2-0, and I'm sure Ben will touch on that. And uh, Wolves, the last game of the round, uh, beating Sheffield United 3-0. So, first of all, we're going to talk about who had the most impressive win. Um, So, if we start with you, Ben, what was your result of the round? Um, I mean, there's a a couple that stand out. Um, Wolves came to Ipswich a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was one week ago, actually. And they beat us 1-0 and there was a little bit of, oh, are they really all that? And you see them completely take apart Sheffield United and a couple of the goals were, were, were fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. I'd be starting to worry a little bit if I was a Derby fan about um, Aston Villa, um, obviously won six on the trot. And I've seen Derby four times now and they're very, very solid but quite conservative and they may draw more games um, as opposed to Villa um, on the winning streak. So, I don't know, I might be a little bit concerned if I was a, um, a Derby fan. Cardiff sort of, um, Cardiff and Fulham, fairly solid and back to winning ways in the middle there. Obviously, uh, my team, we're middle of the table, Ipswich. Um, nice to get an away win. It had been a while. It must have been Derby, the last away win, which would have been October, I think. So that's been a long while. Obviously, Norwich kept up the pace, and that's their level on points ahead of the big East Anglian derby. Um, Bolton are looking good. Um, that makes Ipswich's draw away at Bolton look fairly sort of um, decent um, a couple of weeks back. And you're you're very worried if you're Sunderland and Burton at the moment. But I think um, without wishing to be too predictable, I was. Quite impressed with with Wolves, just just the way that they dismantled um, Sheffield United and, and the nature of the goal. So I'd I'd, I'd give them the um, the most impressive win. Yeah, I think uh, it's a definitely a good shout. I've watched the highlights back of the Wolves game, and they they were unbelievable. They were certainly at the best. And if you've not checked those goals out, go and go and have a look because especially the first goal from Neves was just out of this world. Uh, what about yourself, Kev? Um, any surprising results um, that you know took your attention this weekend? 
Yeah, I was impressed with uh, Bolton on Friday, actually. I thought they played really well against um, one of the teams of the season in Bristol City. Uh, I think Bristol City may be suffering a bit of a, a League Cup sort of hangover slightly, but I think they'll come back into the uh, into form again. But that was very impressive by Bolton. It gives them a sort of a decent chance now of uh, putting up a good fight to stay in the league, I think. Because I think they're up to 20th now, which is ahead of Barnsley, who, who despite new ownership, um, are still struggling to get um, any points on the bar. So Bolton sort of stuck out a lot. Uh, very impressed with Fulham at the moment. I think um, last season they left it very late to get to the uh, playoffs, and this time they've, they've started even earlier, putting it in some decent form. And I think Fulham could challenge uh, Villa and Derby maybe for second spot. Really, I think it's going to be. Maybe a three-way fight with um, Cardiff and Bristol City sort of outsiders a little bit for second. But I think uh, Fulham, you know, they've got such a good squad there now. I think they're in... I forget now. I think they've... Uh, I think it's four games uh, winning streak, I think, now. And obviously fifth in the league at the moment. And oh, they're only going one way and that's up. So I'm, I was impressed with that. Obviously, Birmingham's, Birmingham's away win at Wednesday was impressive. But, you know, with, with Birmingham's, Birmingham's team, really, they, are, they have been underperforming all season, but that lifts them up to 19th now, and I think I think they'll go on a bit of a run now, actually, after, after that win, because um, that was a fairly impressive victory. So those three sort of uh, games stood out for me um, from the weekend, really, and um, I th- even though, yeah, um, our result wasn't very good at home to Cardiff, Cardiff sort of took us apart a little bit. I, th- I, mean, I wasn't that impressed overall. Uh, with their recent farm card, so I think they, they could still t- um, tail away a little bit from the playoffs. But uh, yeah, those three performances I mentioned—they're the ones that have st- stood out for me at the weekend. Yeah, I've got to agree. I mean, I made the notes on on Bolton, obviously beating Bristol City. That was a bit of a surprise, and I know. Um... Cardiff obviously beat Leeds United there, Kev, and you know it, it probably couldn't could have ended up five all, and, and we're going to talk about Leeds United later in the topics. But yeah, Wolves Wolves are outstanding from a disappointing perspective. I've obviously as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I've picked uh, when the Wednesday game losing three one to Birmingham. It, it was just a, a game that we need to forget about very fast because we, we were just it, it, we were three nil down at half time and it, it was atrocious basically we, we, we made a couple of mistakes and, and both both goals the first two goals Birmingham scored was it was just individual errors on our part so we need to forget about that one quickly quickly um, I'm worried about Reading um, that was another disappointing result if you had to pick one game Ben that was disappointing um, from a team's perspective which which team would you pick well, that's that's seamless because um, I had to go to work in Marlow yesterday, so the closest I could get to Sunderland was um, well, was Reading. So I, instead of going to the Ipswich game, I actually went to Reading uh, versus Millwall um, yesterday, and um, yeah, Reading weren't at it at all. They're trying to play three centre halves and two in midfield. Got completely outnumbered. Wing backs not on the ball at all. Um, Tyler Blackett, I, it actually got quite awkward. He came on as a sub on 30 minutes and made three, not not just mistakes, but three horrible mistakes where they all resulted in a direct goal-scoring chance and one goal. And he was substituted off after the two goals had gone oh, in, dear. having come on on 30 minutes and was jeered by his 
cheered by his own supporters, which was uncomfortable. Um, yeah, then you got I the bet. mill. You got the Millwall fans singing. You're getting sacked in the morning to Yapstam, and some of the Reading fans joining in. That was not a um, <laughs> not a happy place. But I must say, um, Millwall are better than everybody thinks. They're really straightforward. Four four two midfield press. Don't leave much space behind them. Big striker, little striker, and. If you're well drilled and you, and you stick to your own system and all your players know what they're doing and everyone's buying into it, you'll you'll win more games than you lose. So, um, yes, that was a disappointing one for Reading. Um, and the flip side of that, though, is that you, you shouldn't um, you shouldn't kind of discount Mills' contribution. Just really quickly um, on our podcast, we spoke to a Sunderland fan before their game. They just made their move. They bought three three low knees. Um, got two 18 year olds they can't shift jack rodwell they're in the in the bottom three um yeah another week of disappointment from them but yes i'll, I'll go with the reading one for disappointment yeah reading obviously a complete contrast to what they were last season and, and like you say millwall have really done well this last few months um obviously picking up the points and you know potentially gonna maybe finish halfway in the league and probably no one saw that coming what about yourself, Kev? Uh, any particular team that you thought had the most disappointing result this weekend? I agree with Reading, yeah. Uh, that's a good one, actually, because they brought in Tommy Elphick, who was a key signing for them in the transfer window, and he, he's the guy that went off af- after 30 minutes to be replaced by Blackett. So that would have been a massive blow. Uh, I noticed Martin was on the bench as well, and he came on for the last... Um, sort of tail end of the game and didn't really make a difference but I think Reading have been disappointing all season really especially after last season when they reached the playoff final and only lost on penalties at the end of the day uh, everybody expected them to be you know at the forefront of the teams this season but they haven't really clicked at all so in a way it was a disappointing result but maybe not a massive surprise I think Middlesbrough's defeat at St Norwich was probably the big disappointment for them because the Obviously got a new manager in now in Pulis, but they still haven't clicked really. Even with Pulis there, they're still ninth in the league, six points off the playoffs. And I'm sure Pulis must have thought, you know, this is a decent squad here, which I can maybe tinker with a little bit. Um, they did have they did have somebody sent off yesterday, which obviously doesn't help. Uh, I think Gestead got sent off, uh, which you know, ten men against Norwich at Norwich is a tough uh, proposition and. Even though they only won 1-0 in the end, um, it was a, a good victory for them because it sort of keeps keeps them going a little bit. Um, uh, eight points off the playoffs. Uh, but I think Middlesbrough, yeah, Reading's up there, but it's not a massive surprise because they've had a poor season. But I think Middlesbrough maybe, you know, would have expected to maybe get something at Norwich and uh, sort of get the bandwagon going again under Pulis. But so uh, they'll be disappointed with that result. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Middlesbrough have really been... Um... Even since Pulis has come in, they've, they've very, been, very much been up and down. and They seem to be winning one game, then losing one. So, yeah, they, they certainly need to pick up. Uh, but, yeah, I think we'll stick with Reading for the most disappointing result. It saves me the embarrassment from a Sheffield Wednesday perspective <laughs> if we stick to that as well. Yeah, me um, as well. <laughs> and then also, just so you know, guys, uh, we've done the poll on Twitter with the most impressive results. And leading the way currently is Bolton's result against Bristol City yeah. on Friday. So you can check that out on Twitter, also on uh, our Twitter handle, at Championship Pod. Uh, but moving into the topics, uh, we're going to discuss Leeds United now. And obviously... 
they're very much up and down in the form table and they're, they're on another blip, it seems. Uh, mm. If we start with you, Ben, uh, from a neutral's perspective, what ultimately, what do you think it is for the, the bad form? Is it, is it down to uh, Christiansen? Um, what, from your point of view, what, what do you believe the dip in form is? So I've seen Leeds play twice um, this season, um, both the Ipswich games, obviously. Um, the first time um, kind of showed up there and like it seemed like the whole of Leeds was at the game. The atmosphere was amazing. We played okay, and Leeds kind of got through on the on the crest of a wave. It looked like something was happening there. They went they went top of the league, and I think they'd been on a big streak. Then there was a big losing streak. Then there was another another winning streak. Um, obviously, they came to Ipswich a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, Kevil smartened us up on on this, but it was a, a red card after half hour, so you can't really judge the game but obviously they've had many red cards uh, recently um, I'm not sure when I when I saw them um, back in September I thought you know because you know, you know what Leeds is like once they get the um, support behind the players you know it really it really like snowballs doesn't it and you had these um, these three kind of exciting you know Hernandez Alioski and Saiz and this big bruiser Lasoga up front and um, you know, it, it looked it looked really good, um, but I don't know. Very, uh, very up and down. I don't want to. I don't want to be disrespectful and say typical, typical leads because. Um, but it, but it kind of is a little bit. I thought, are they going to go through and finish top? Um, I can't give you any more insight on the game recently, though, purely because of the because of the ten men um, thing. Just it totally skews it. So. Um, but I'll, I'll happily hand over to um, to Kev to, um, to fill us in a bit more. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, obviously, Kev will give us a better insight. And it is a strange one, because I remember being on the podcast a few months ago and I actually thought that Leeds United would be firmly in the playoffs now. And only a few months ago, I said, that's that's Leeds United. They've had their blip this season where they had the dipping dip in form before Christmas and they'd push on and like I say, be firmly in the playoffs. And, and that, for whatever reason, is not happening. So, uh, so Kev, fill us in. Yeah, it's hard to sort of judge what's been going on, really. I mean, on, on Saturday, it was just another case of uh, not coping with a team that was more organised, stronger, fitter, streetwise than us, really, and more clinical in everything they did. Um, obviously, Neil Warnock, he relishes coming to Leeds. He always does well against us because he knows how to play against us. He knows, knows how to play the crowd. But obviously it doesn't help when you've only got 10 men on the park. And, um, yeah, against Ipswich, I, th- I thought we played better at Ipswich than we did than we played at Ellen Road, actually. We were doing all right at the O'Kane sending off, and that sort of just sort of changed things uh, totally. We, it's tough to get into uh, or try and win a game with 10 men. But that's been the case for us in the last few games now. We've had so many sendings off recently. It's just it's getting partial now, really. Yeah, I was just going to ask you actually, Kev, is, is there an issue with discipline? Obviously, like you mentioned, the red cards, and I saw mm. the uh, post-match interview with Christiansen. And is is there a is there a discipline issue at the club, or mm. is it just down to bad luck? Well, you could say it's bad luck, but it's been happening so often now, and there's got to be a bit bit more to it. But I hate to say this, but you know, the fellow professionals getting um, getting players sent off just is isn't on really. I mean. The two, the two yellows Berardi got yesterday were, were against Medine, you know, the, the striker they bought from Bolton. 
And all right, the first one was a yellow. Fair, fair play was is a rash challenge. But the second one, he totally missed uh, Medine, and uh, Medine went down as if he'd sort of cracked his leg or something. And he was just writhing around on the floor for ages. Then when Berardi got the red card, he just stood up straight away, told the straight, um, physio not to bother coming on, and just continued playing with a big smile on his face. So. I hate to see that in, in, in the game, but obviously Berardi, knowing that he was on a yellow, should have maybe restrained himself a little bit. Uh, and obviously with Janssen getting substituted through injury and him taking his place at centre-back, we had no centre-backs left on the bench, basically, which is why we had to tweak it around a little bit. So as soon as he was sent off, we literally had no centre-backs, apart from Matty Pennington, the guy that's on loan from Everton. And we had to juggle around again. So, you know, we were never going to get a result yesterday after that first half performance. Um, whether it's a, a discipline problem, I don't know. Because obviously with Saez and O'Kane, they were just stu- two stupid red cards. O'Kane headbutting the player and Saez spitting. Uh, there's no, you know, there's no way you can defend um, players who do that. But the others, they could have gone either way. The referee might have just said, yeah, um, it's a yellow, I'll, just give, I'll give you your talking to the second one that you've done, but anymore and you're off. But he was, he was straight to his pocket to send him off. And, yeah, you could say it's unlucky if that happens, but, you know, it's, it, sometimes you, you create your own luck, really, and we haven't really been um, savvy enough on the, on the park recently, and uh, referees are just taking advantage of some uh, stupid tackles, and you can't really defend that, really. And um, obviously, we were punished really badly yesterday with another, you know, uh, resounding home defeat against one of our rivals for a, for a playoff position. And obviously, the, the, the just, they were very clinical in, in finishing the chances. But when when you've only got uh, one um, centre back against about four or five players that are about six foot four, six foot three. You've got no chance at set pieces and corners and whatever because you haven't got the uh, the defence sort of um, to, to sort of defend against those sort of things. Yeah, I think with Leeds United, I think again it's just another blip, and I'm sure given time, I know it's I know it's been about six seven games now. I don't think they've won in the league since Boxing Day, if, if my yeah, uh, research right, yeah. serves me correctly. Yeah, at Burton two mm-hmm. one. Uh, and I think they will come good again. It's just a shame from your perspective, your perspective there, uh, Kev, and Leeds United fans, that it's it's happened this twice in one season now. Uh, because, like I said, I thought that they'd be firmly in the playoffs. Uh, but talking about the playoffs, we're going to discuss dark horses um, potentially getting in the playoffs, and, and then further, you know, the consequence of that is potentially promotion. Uh, one of the teams that you know are on form at the minute is Preston North End. But I'm intrigued to uh, hear what Ben's got to say about Ipswich also, because I'm wondering if potentially are Ipswich dark horses for the playoffs? Uh, I know you're laughing, um, but everyone's just so tight in that table between obviously six and twelve. What are you? What are your thoughts, Ben? Oh no! <laughs> I mean, it'd be, don't get me wrong; it would be it would be amazing, but. Um, when you when you look at the other squads, the other teams battling around there, I've, I've got the table in front of me. You've got Norwich. I mean, it looks as though the top half is clear now. There's a five-point gap between Norwich and Millwall. Um, so Norwich snapping at Ipswich's heels. You've got Brentford above them, who are one of the better passing sides. You've got Leeds, who could go either way. Middlesbrough with all of their money. Sheffield United have had a, a great season. Um, Preston, who you mentioned, but... Then you actually look at the teams who are in the playoffs, and 
Um, Villa aren't dropping out. Um, Cardiff will probably finish somewhere in there. Um, you mentioned earlier in the pod, Fulham might even go up to, they might even go up for second, might, and they're playing so well. Um, the, the, the one that could drop out is is Bristol City. It could be one of those ones where, you know, they put a little bit much into being on telly and playing Manchester City, and it kind of <laughs> kind of bursts the bubble, um, and someone could catch them. But um, I just don't see. I think the six teams at the top of the league are quite clearly the six best teams in the league. The ones that are now of, you know, you're 30 games in that have put together, you know, decent seasons. And I mean, I know that sounds like stating the bleeding obvious, but um, I, I guess you'd say when Fulham were out of there, you'd say, you know, good first eleven. But Middlesbrough haven't put anything together. Sheffield United were were always batting above above their average, given they'd come up from the. Um, come up from uh, the division below. Um, as for Preston, um, I think, I mean, James, uh, who's, who's normally on here, would, um, I bet if you said to him, you'll finish seventh, he'd be, well, he'd be well happy with that. And, you know, if they've got nine million to spend from uh, Hugel going. But um, so, in short, I'm going to give a very boring answer. Only possibly Bristol City, I think, could drop out. And as Kev mentioned, Middlesbrough have got quite a lot of star power maybe to be the one to replace them um Ipswich um I think one of the eggheads gave it it's a four percent chance of Ipswich re- reaching the <laughs> reaching the place <laughs> hey if we finish if the table stops now and we're 12 and we're above Norwich on on uh, goal difference um that'll do me um I mean, 10, 10, 10 would be nice um you know a little bit little bit higher up but It'd just be nice for the first time in seven years to finish above Norwich. If you were going to pick them, Ben, one team who's not in the top six now who would potentially finish in the playoffs, you would go Middlesbrough, would you? Well, only on the basis of what Kev said, that if um, Pulis and people like Asson Belonga, he's obviously having a bit of a sort-out loaning... I mean, um, loaning players out. Fletcher went to um, Sunderland. I think there was a couple that he obviously just doesn't fancy... Um, if he can get them going, you'd think that they would be the one. You just look at the other teams, and Preston and Sheffield United, um, without saying patronising, should be happy with with where they are. And there's every chance that Bristol City will... Um, I've seen Bristol City a few times, and they're very, very energetic and well-drilled. There's every chance that they can put together a nice run again and stay stay where they are. But, yeah, I, I, I think in answer to your question, yeah, possibly Bristol City out, Middlesbrough in, but... I don't see any of the other three dropping out. If, um, obviously, Preston have been on a decent run of form at the minute, Ben, what, do you think the sale of Jordan Hugo will impact them? Can you see them... If I mean, if they were to keep him, could you potentially see them finishing the playoffs? But without him, is that the difference between sixth and seventh, maybe? Um, I might have to plead the fifth on that a little bit. When Ipswich played Preston, I've seen them once this season, they had eight centre-halves injured, and it was just before an international break, and they... They weren't at it at all. Um, I don't. I don't know if it will completely derail them. I mean, Hugel is. He is what he is. He's a very big, kind of powerful striker, and most Championship teams have one or two of of those. And um, but I think with people like Barkhausen and um, Pearson, um, they actually had quite a good midfield, and I think they've got some fairly strong players around him. Obviously, they're going to be slightly weak. I don't think it will totally. Um, derail them though. I mean, I don't know what he's, I don't know how many goals you're taking out of the team, but 
Um, I, I think they, they, they'll finish between 7th and 9th still, I think. Yeah, I think Hugo scored eight goals uh, this league term. Uh, but coming on to you, Kev, uh, who's your dark horses for the playoffs? Like when, I know Ben's obviously give his insight there. Um, anyone else in particular that stands out for you? Yeah, um, obviously Middlesbrough have got the um, spending power during the uh, August window and everything. So still got some decent players. Uh, whether Pulis will make them click this season, I don't know. He might have to wait another season to maybe go for a top two finish. So I don't, I don't think they'll do it this season. Preston, like uh, like you say, yeah, probably happy to be seventh. But there's no pressure on Preston at all for me. You know, if they finish seventh or tenth, I don't think um, you know it's going to be a big burden on the on the on what sort of season they're going to be judged at. Really, I think well. Simon Grayson must be looking at them thinking he wish he'd never left, really, because he did a great job whilst he was there. He's passed the baton on to Neil and he's took over and done a great job this season. So, yeah, I don't think they'll miss Hugel too much. I don't, because I, I think he's been eyeing this move for a long time. He asked for a transfer during um, Christmas, I believe, and obviously his wish came through, uh, through, through. Whether he does anything at West Ham is another issue. He might just get wasted there a little bit and might, might be looking for another club again uh, in the summer but yeah Sheffield United are having a great season but they're consolidating themselves really from promotion last season usually when you get promoted from League One like the, the way they did the impetus sort of continues while during the Championship and it has for them for most part of the season even though they are sort of tailing away a little bit now but they're only five points behind the, uh, the playoffs so they're still having a great season Obviously, if Leeds get their act together, you never know. We might finish with a plump at, towards the end of the season, but that's a big if at the moment because we're missing so many players through suspension and injury. Um, yeah, I can't see. Yeah, Cardiff flattered to deceive sometimes to me because they've been going through a bad run recently. I mean, that obviously was a great win yesterday, but up to then, they've been floundering a little bit. And Bristol City. Yeah, I think when the way they've been sort of portrayed recently, you would think they were a Premier League club. The you know the way the, the way they've been playing the Premier League, uh, uh, sort of. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Play Man City and Man United and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, they've been playing really well, but... Um... No, I can't see anybody dislodging the top six unless they really go through a bad run of, of form. Uh, I'm obviously hoping Leeds will turn the corner with the last 16 games, but it's a big if. And I can't really see anybody else sort of uh, pushing them, really, unless they go do a Fulham or uh, like what Fulham did last season, just leave it very late to sort of go and get into the playoffs. But it should be a fascinating end to the season, whatever happens anyway. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to ask you now and put you on the spot, both of you. I'll start with you, Kev, actually. So, if you one word answer, where the Leeds United are going to finish in the final league standings this season? <laughs> Being a Leeds United fan, I'm going to say sixth. That's not one word, Kev. 
No, but I, I, I had to justify why I said six. Uh, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. I'll give you that. Uh, what about yourself, Ben? What, Leeds or Ipswich? No, Ipswich. We'll go Ipswich. Eleventh. Uh, okay, so similar to where you are now, then. I'm, I'm hoping. I just hope they don't drop into the bottom half. I know it's only one place, but psychologically yeah. that, that just messes with my brain. No, I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. I, I think Ipswich <laughs> will finish above halfway. Uh, but I know we've also mentioned J- Jordan Hugo, so we're going to move on to the next topic, which is obviously the transfer business and discussion about deadline day. Um, so, obviously, within the Jan- January window, was there any particular clubs that did any standout business for you, Ben? Um, obviously, Wolves comedy thirty-four million bid for Andre Silva would have been would have been quite amusing. I'd like to have seen the financial fair play um, report on that one. But uh, Wolves yeah, have I, done. I forgot about that one actually. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, com- I completely forgot forgot um, about that. It looks like a lot of a lot of teams have kind of borrowed. To, I'm interested to see what Mitrovic does for Fulham. Um, I think our producer Jake might. Tell us off air, maybe. Um, I think Cardiff, they've backed Warnock, haven't they? Sort of Triore and Medine. And mm-hmm. Wiltshire was very good for Norwich against Ipswich, but I know Norwich are um, trying to drop their drop their wage bill down so I can see why. See why that one happened. So um, I'd be pleased if I was a Cardiff fan at how they'd how they've backed um, Warnock. Um, surprised that Jordan Rhodes didn't go anywhere. In the end, there was a fanciful rumour that um, if Ipswich had moved McGoldrick onto Bolton after Medine went to Cardiff, that that would have freed up funds for a possible loan for... Yeah, the triangle. Yeah, Yeah, which would have been very, very interesting. Um, Surprise surprise Barnsley didn't do more. They've got these new owners and they they haven't seemed to put anyone anyone really, um, you know, big names in. But I guess they're on this money ball type principal forest bought loads and didn't they so i couldn't even tell you there and as kev mentioned Reddin um bought uh elfick in who lasted 30 minutes and it doesn't look like he's going to be playing for a good couple of months he looked properly crooked when he went down yesterday and chris martin who is i would say to be polite a very good player but a bit of a spiky character let's just say so he could he could make a difference there, but no, I think I think I think Cardiff. If you were a Cardiff fan, you'd be like, okay, we've got this wily manager, and um, you know they're backed in with some players, and and can he can he do something more with those guys? How was the window from uh, Ipswich Town's perspective, uh, Ben? Um, not too bad. So uh, Kiefer Moore, which was a weird one, they signed him for seventy grand last year. He was hopeless in the Championship. They loaned him to Rotherham. He was absolutely brilliant. He scored 15 goals before January. He was then sold straight on to um, uh, Barnsley for three quarters of a million. So that will probably keep the Wolves from the, the door. Um, not literally, obviously, but um, with some signings. The, the key one was to keep Bielkowski the goalkeeper because I think Palace were interested there. McGoldrick, well, his contract's up and, you know, maybe for a few fans that ship has sailed. Um, one guy came in, um, Carayel. Uh, on loan from, no, not on loan. No, is he? I think he's on loan. Yeah, I think he's either on loan or on a contract to the end of the season from Forest and mm-hmm. Gleeson. 
Gleeson came from uh, Birmingham until the end of the season. The only one that caused a bit of annoyance at Ips- for Ipswich fans is Flynn Downs, who's an 18-year-old, uh, very talented midfielder, has been loaned to Luton Town, who are top of League Two. Um, and a few fans were sort of, well, we're not going up, we're not going down. Why is Stephen Gleeson ahead of um, an 18-year-old? But um, Mick won yesterday and shut us all up once again. So, um, yeah, I think kind of net neutral, really, for Ipswich over the transfer window. Right. I'm glad you uh, mentioned Nottingham Forest, actually, because I wrote them down as the team who did the best business. And I think it's I've put them simply because, yes, they brought in a lot of players, but they, they brought in a lot of experienced players. So just to name a few, they brought, obviously, Pantillimon, uh, on loan from Watford, the goalkeeper. They brought in Joe Lolly from um, Huddersfield. Lee Tomlin, again on loan from Cardiff. And Jack Colback on loan from Newcastle. Uh, so I thought they did some decent business. Obviously, other ones what stood out for me was uh, Cameron Jerome, obviously, going to Derby. I think, I mean, they paid, obviously, a, a, a sum of money for him. But um, I think that was simply a... A player they've brought in to um, pretty much, in their eyes, try and guarantee this this promotion push um, if they can do. But looking at the other end of the table, I thought Bolton did well to get Zach Clough back because obviously he played really well for them uh, on the previous occasion when he was at the club. And they also brought in John Flanagan from Liverpool, which I thought, although he's had his issues recently, uh, at championship level, he, sh- he should be a fantastic player. So uh, that one stood out. What about yourself, Kev? Uh, Louis, sorry, can I just yeah, quickly yeah, come yeah, in there before, Kev? Um, going back to one of your earlier questions, Bolton will miss Medine way more than Preston will miss Hugel there. Their entire game plan was based around him. But sorry, go, go ahead, Kev. No, I agree. Uh, Medine will be a massive loss for Bolton because they do sort of base the football around chipping the ball up to him and uh, holding up play. But yeah, they are going to miss him. For me, I think uh, Millwall getting Tim Cale back um, was an amazing uh, signing. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see what how he yeah, does in this league. Yeah. I, I'd have fancied him at Leeds actually, you know, just for, you know, to get some bums on seats more than anything, because I think he'll, yeah, yeah. he'll he'll attract a few fans back to the uh, back to the den for, for certain. Um, obviously, he made his name with Millwall, and in 14 years on, after you know, spells in America, China, and Australia, he's obviously back on a free transfer till the end of the season. So I think that's a good move by them. Obviously, they bought in Ben Marshall as well. Uh, a guy who hasn't really sort of done much with his career yet, apart from loan spells at clubs. And obviously, he's not going to get into the Wolves squad now because they've got so many attackers themselves. I think he's it's, it's 26 now, and he's only played six times in the league this season. So that's a poor return for a player of his age. But I think he's got a lot to prove, Ben Marshall. I think he'll do a good job at Millwall. And, um, of course, there's Benick Afobi uh, going back to Wolves as well, as if they haven't got enough players at the moment. Any lingering doubts they'll have now by, uh, you know, getting promotion. I think that's going to be uh, sorted now with Afobi. Yeah, I think, he'll, yeah, I think he'll, he'll do a brilliant uh, job with them because he knows the club inside out. And he, he could be a permanent signing by the end of the season because they're odds on now to get into the Premier League. I think he'll make a return there. And finally, I think um, Matt Target from Southampton to Fulham is a, a good uh, signing. Just when you think you've got enough left-backs at your club, you know, you've probably got one of the best left-backs outside the Premier League in Sessegnon. They brought in Target, so Sessegnon can be freed up to play further up the pitch so he can get even more goals. So yeah, yeah, I think Matt, yeah. Matt Target is a brilliant signing for Fulham. And it, it just show, apart from the other signings they made as well, 
I think yeah, they, I'll just say they also brought in Cyrus Christie, didn't they? And I'm a fan of Christie. I thought that was good yeah. business. Yeah. I think they've uh, more or less sealed their playoff, if not a top two place now with those signings. I think they've done a great bit of business. Just when the uh, coach was getting fed up of all the players coming in that he didn't really fancy himself, obviously that guy has moved on now by all accounts. I don't know the full ins and outs, but he seems to be getting the players in that he actually wants. So I, I reckon Fulham are looking good now, uh, like I said before, for maybe an automatic. So from Leeds' perspective, I uh, well Leeds brought in Adam Forshaw, didn't they, for a reported yeah. four and a half million? Uh, what's the thoughts in the fan base of Forshaw and, and obviously yeah. uh, the January business at Leeds? Have? Well, we seem to be focusing on the future at Leeds United at the moment. We've brought in so many players that are being bought for the first team. They're being bought for the under 23s. We must have the biggest squad in the country for the under-23s. I think uh, we've brought so many players in from abroad. Ian Hart's had his say about it. He went to see one of his players play, I think, on Thursday or Friday against Birmingham. He says he was disgusted there were so many foreign imports in the under-23s. And he couldn't believe that Leeds had so many. But, you know, he should know the game by now. Things have changed since he's been a professional footballer. And... Uh, Teams or sides do invest from abroad now. That's the way things go. Adam Farshaw, yeah, he, he looks a good signing. He played really well yesterday despite the result. I think he's a good capture from Middlesbrough. I don't think it was as much as four and a half, but reports suggest that it was. But I think it, there's a lot of incentives on that as well. Tyler Roberts is an up-and-coming striker from West Brom. I think that was quite a coup, really. I think that was actually four and a half. But he's another one for the future, but he's another one that could step into the team as well. And I think um, hopefully he'll be ready for his debut against Sheffield United on Saturday. But he looks a great prospect. Uh, January is not really the time to sort of uh, build your squad up, really, I think. But I don't think Leeds, with the ambitions they've got at the moment, you think they would be going for promotion. But... The owner seems to be quite happy with things, how things are sort of going on. He stabilised the club by buying, buying the ground back and everything and made things a bit more low-key compared to when Cellino was here. So he's doing a great job sort of off the pitch at the moment. But on the pitch, obviously, results in January haven't been good. But hopefully we can lift it up again now with the you know February, March coming up and try and get some results. But, yeah, I'm happy with Roberts. I'm happy with Farshaw. It's a shame... We didn't get somebody like Cahill, who sort of knows the game inside out. He, he could change a game. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got to be pleased with what we've got and hopefully we'll uh, sort of reinforce in, in the summer when more, more better players may be uh, available by then. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned there that January is not always the best time to do business. And from a Sheffield Wednesday fan's perspective, we only brought in Joey Palupasi. Uh, for a reported half a million pound and he's had a couple of games, he's been steady, you can tell he still needs to find his feet and, and adapt to English football, uh, but obviously with a new manager coming in all our focus now is going to be first and foremost staying in this league and then uh, doing the business in, in the summer obviously when, when there's a lot more scope and, and a bigger transfer window to, to bring in the what's players the deal you want. With, what's the deal with Rhodes, Louis? Um... Good question. Rhodes, like you said, he was essentially linked with a, a move away in January on loan to such as Ipswich and Sunderland also came in and inquired. Um, Rhodes, it's just simply not happening for him. And although we all know what Rhodes can do in this league, he's 
he's, he's just not simply he's not finding the net and the amount of strikers we've got at the club is, is now being pushed down the pecking order and I think it'd be nice to see our new manager give him another go and another chance and I think that will come you know within time um, however we've got so many strikers at the club obviously there's Sam Winall out at Derby we've got Lucas Shaw, Forestieri to come back Hooper, Fletcher Atty Nuiu he's going to without finding that he's really going to struggle to find himself in the first team so although I'd really like Rhodes to be given more opportunity because we all know what he can do in this league um, it's just going to boil down to him whether, like I say, whether he can find the net in, in between now and, and, and May. And, and if he's not doing, then he potentially, in some way or another, whether it's on loan or for a transfer fee, could be shipped out. So um, it's a bit of a strange one, to be honest. So, um, I mean, I'm guessing from your perspective, Ben, would you have been happy taking such as Jordan Rhodes on oh. loan? It might, it might have done him... It might Ecstatic. have done us a favour, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he's... Uh, I, I think a Sheffield Wednesday wage is not something that Ipswich can can do. But obviously, there's been this unfinished business that Roy Keane sold him for £250,000 right at the start of his Ipswich career, didn't give him a chance. And literally, 200 goals later, he's scored yeah. past Ipswich for every club he's played for. And I don't know, I think it, may be, I mean, it might have just been Ipswich fans getting a bit excited at half past ten on on deadline day but you, you know Mick he's not going to he's not going to rush anything and um, but what I will say is um, if McCarthy was still the manager a big lump like Jordan Rose would be his you know his ideal forward so yeah definitely but I just think someone will even Sunderland would be able to would be able to do the wages if they can move some money around and I just think it just can't compete with players like that yeah I think it was I mean, for what I hear, I could be wrong, but I believe that he was really close to going to Sunderland. And I think, to be honest, if Sunderland had inquired maybe 24 hours earlier, he could have ended up being at Sunderland or even Ipswich. I think it just came so late on in the day that it just simply didn't happen. And like I say, I don't know if it was potentially just rumours and things flying around, but other than that, like I say, 24 hours earlier, he, he, may, he may have gone out on loan. But... You know, it's it's just one of those things and, and things like that always happen on transfer deadline day. Uh, but we're going to move back into the topics, match previews and predictions. Um, it's going to be interesting game week, actually, because there's a couple of Yorkshire derbies. Uh, Sheffield United take on Leeds, which obviously Kev will touch on. Um, Barnsley take on Sheffield Wednesday. And then on the Sunday, it's another derby, uh, Villa against Birmingham. Uh, but if we start with you, Ben, um, Ipswich take on Burton at home. I'm guessing you'll be hoping for all three points in that game. Yeah, this has been a really good matchup for McCarthy. He's beaten um, beaten Burton all three times since they've been up. It's, uh, it's one where the team plays a similar style to Ipswich, kind of up and at them, quite straightforward. And Ipswich, in theory, should have better players than Burton. So hopefully um, we take the three points and go into the big Ipswich-Norwich derby um, at Carrow Road the following week with six points. And our dear neighbours are away at Derby. So hopefully they are going to get eight players suspended and lose <laughs> 17-0 or something, but they'll, they'll probably get the win. And um, But no, I'm, I'm hoping to get to Millwall-Cardiff um, on Friday night where we might see the aforementioned 
um, Tim Cahill. I think that'll be a really tasty match as well. So I'm hoping to get down to that one. Yeah, I noticed that one. That'll be a, a good encounter. Like you say, that's on the Friday. If you were going to pick a uh, prediction, a score prediction for Ipswich, Burton, uh, Ben, what would what would you go for? Um, I think we might even be able to win by two. Um, God forbid. Um, normally with McCarthy, if you if your favourites, you, you predict a, a win by one. But I think um, Burton are in a horrible, uh, horrible run as well. And I, I think um, Nigel Clough's kind of... Um, magic in keeping them so competitive for so long might just be might just be running out now. Although they did get Darren Bent, so that's a guaranteed goal. Ex <laughs> Ipswich player coming to Ipswich is a is a guaranteed goal. So I think we could get a couple of goals and and win that one. But um, you're predicting two one then, are you? Is that a two one prediction? <laughs> <laughs> let's go let's go three one with with Darren Bent guaranteeing a goal. Yeah, I certainly think that Ipswich should be winning that game. Uh, another tasty affair, obviously. Uh, Leeds United have travelled to yeah. Sheffield United for the early kickoff at 12:30 yeah. on Saturday. Uh, what are your thoughts and prediction? Well, obviously, yeah, it's a daunting game uh, after our recent run of form, but obviously, maybe a game that we can uh, get back on track again because it's such a massive. Uh, um, Derby match. They beat us two-one at Ellen Road um, earlier in the season. Took us apart in the first half. Uh, could have been more than two at the time, but obviously we pulled it round to two-one. But uh, yeah, I mean it's going to be a crucial period now for us. Sheffield United and Bristol City the week after. It's going to sort of show Leeds fans where we may be finishing at the end of the season. So it'd be a great game to get back on track again. And uh, obviously it's one I hope we can. Uh, turn our fortunes around and maybe sneak a 2-1 victory, which we're, we're capable of doing, but obviously we're capable of losing it as well. That's the trouble at the moment. Yeah, like you say, I think it's the most important thing is uh, Leeds United getting back on track and three points at Bramall Lane certainly would help them on that on that road and that journey to try and get into the playoffs. Um, I've, also, Ben, I've are you, did you say, obviously, a 2-1 prediction there, Kev? For... I, I think 2-1, yeah. We could sneak a 2-1 victory there, definitely. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Ben? Do you think uh, Leeds can take a victory at United? Sheffield United are good, actually. They, um, they've they beaten us a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. I, know that's, <laughs> I know that's not the greatest endorsement, <laughs> but they're interesting side with the 3-5-2 and the kind of swarm in midfield um, depends whether Jansen's there or not because he's an excellent player and um, it's a hard it's a hard ask um, the way they play um, without him I think so um, can I sit on the fence and go for a draw <laughs> of course you can yeah that's not a problem uh, if I were going to be uh, having a bet also I think I'd probably go for a 1-1 draw um, but touching on the Wednesday game like I mentioned the other Yorkshire derby we travelled to Barnsley for a 12-15 kick-off um, I mean, I, I'm just a bit wary of this game because although we've got a decent record recently against Barnsley, we're away from home and if if Barnsley win, we, we certainly are like in a, getting close to a relegation fight and, and that is my worry. Uh, Tom Bradshaw's having a decent season. He's managed to score eight goals. Uh, but like I mentioned, that is my concern that we do get beaten. And I think... The main, the main thing that we need to do when we, we travel to Barnsley is just not get beat. So I'm actually going to predict a 1-1 draw in this one. Um, I'm going to ask both of you guys as well. Uh, obviously, the big game on Sunday is the Villa-Birmingham game. Um, Villa are flying at the minute. I think you mentioned earlier, Ben, that they've won six on the bounce. Could this potentially be a game where they 
slip up or um, what's your prediction for this one? No, I think that's a I think that's a home banker, isn't it? Really, um, everyone's been waiting for Villa to kind of just organise these incredibly well-paid, <laughs> you know, kind of mainly Premier League players, yeah. and I think he's just about managed to do that. So, no, I don't see anything other than a than a Villa win in that one. I'm afraid for Birmingham fans. And what about yourself, Kev? If you had to predict the game, I'm going to go against that one. Actually, I think. Birmingham have been showing some good form recently. Um, I think, that, yeah, with it being a derby game, everybody is expecting Villa to win. But I think Birmingham could maybe surprise them a little bit here, I think, and maybe pull off a, a surprise victory. So I'm going to go for Birmingham there. I think they, they could get um, a win at Villa and maybe shake them up a little bit. Interesting. Um, I mean, you'd expect a Villa, a Villa home win, but like you say, Birmingham really have picked up of late um, but if I were going to predict a result I would go 2-1 to Villa I think they'll sneak it uh, but unfortunately guys with that we are out of time if you would like to tell everyone where they can uh, find you or any projects you're involved in now would be a good time yes yeah, so um, you can check out uh, for Ipswich content um, it's the Blue Monday podcast um, at Blue Monday ITFC um, for more general championship stuff I've been trying to get to um lots of other games from my YouTube channel. So if you type Benjamin Bloom into YouTube, um, I, you know, scribble down some notes, jump into my car and point the camera and say what I think and um, got a reasonable following now around the championship fans. So um, please check that out also. Yeah, I'm Kevin Markey, editor of Leeds United Mad website. Check uh, that website out for all you Leeds fans, and I'll give you up-to-date news and all the Crest um, consultations going on at the moment as well. <laughs> and also on Leeds United underscore Mad on Twitter, uh, follow me there, and I'll give you up-to-date news on the Crest and on, on our recent form, which isn't very good, but could turn around on Saturday. And I've been your host, Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter. It's just my name again, at Louis Shackshaft, where I regularly post uh, statistics on Sheffield Wednesday, uh, write blogs and articles, etc. Uh, or you can visit my website, louisshackshaft.com. Also, remember to give us a, a follow on our new Twitter handle, at Championship Pod, where we uh, update with news and polls, etc., that we've discussed on tonight's podcast. Uh, but I would like uh, to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.